Hello, and welcome to Beauty Beyond the Banter podcast, hosted by Jazz. Here are some important numbers that you may need in future. If you're in immediate help, please stop and call triple O. Do you need someone to help and talk to right now? You can contact any of these following numbers. Lifeline, 13 11 14. Beyond Blue, 1300 22 46 36 or you can go to www.beyondblue.org.au. Suicide Callback Service is 1300 659 467. If you have a child that needs a friend to talk to, please contact Kids Helpline 1800 55 1800. Alternately, you can go to www.kidshelpline.com.au. Also, for them men out there, remember, it's not weak to speak. The crisis number for men is Men's Line Australia. One three hundred seven eight nine nine seven eight. We would also like to pay respects to the regional custodians and owners of this land and pay respects to their past and present elders. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you. And remember, it's a bad day, not a bad life. <laughs> <laughs> guys and welcome back to episode three of beauty beyond the banter podcast i'm your host jazz and with me again we have my co-host mishak how are you i'm fantastic so tonight is going to be a little bit of a different kind of podcast um we're going to be quizzing shack on her life and goals and aspirations and all things shack as well as you might even potentially learn a few things about lady jazz myself um, and whilst we're doing this, yeah, <laughs> we've decided to put a little spin on it. And it's tattoo time! And let's go! Yes. So, um, Shaq, how are you feeling right at this present time? We'll start with that. Absolutely excited. Excited? Excited. Well, you know, times are tough with life and we go through the daily struggles, but I'm living, I'm breathing, and I'm here to tell my story, so. I love that. So, whilst I'm botching this up so bad, which is fine because it's all a journey, all a lesson, and, you know, sometimes in life, things get ugly, you know, and we need to remember that. It's the ugly truth. It's sometimes we have to wear these marks on our body. We do. Preferably not by choice, but and no, preferably, by choice. preferably by choice, <laughs> not not by choice. Yes. Um, so whilst we're doing this in the background, tell us a little bit about yourself, Shaq. Um, my name is Shaka. Um, it's also Hawaiian for peace and love and happiness. I love that. That's a beautiful name. Um, yes, blessed from the best by my mother. I was raised by a single mum. I'm one of four, one brother, two younger sisters. Um, I was born on May the 5th. I am a Taurus. Um, don't judge me. And yeah, yeah, I was a big, um, healthy nine pound baby. I've just slowly grown into these ears. <laughs> and <laughs> um, unfortunately, you know, I have a brother who is seven years older than me, so mum had to take a breather from that. And I don't have a father in my life, single mum. I can be your dad. Your dad is there. Can I call you daddy? Daddy. <laughs> um, yes, an incredibly strong, powerful woman who is now someone that I do have um, take care of myself. Um, you know, physically and stuff as well. She has a lot of um, health issues, um, always has. She has. You know, chronic illness that is very unspoken about and not a lot of people have knowledge or education about, which is scleroderma, lupus, fibromyalgia, Raynards, and lots of fun stuff. In the meantime, she has survived uh, cervical cancer as well. So, awesome. you going to jab me now? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, guys, obviously, we're just going to, this is going to be a bit more lighthearted kind of 
just get to know a little bit more about each other and I guess whilst doing something a little bit outside of the box but you know you live once so while you're you're talking serious stuff exactly um again the same as all our other episodes cannot express enough anything that we say or do um, or explain any advice that we give each other is all from life experience. We are not mental health, nor medical professionals or tattooists <laughs> in any way, shape or form. <laughs> um, it's literally all just our personal experiences. And so, yeah, so take it just as a guidance. If you're struggling mentally in any way, shape or form, please contact Lifeline on 13 11 14 um, or speak to your local doctor or mental health professional. Um, you probably hear me making a bit of a ruckus. Um, I, a memento. Well, yeah, absolutely. It's I new think, beginnings. Absolutely, new beginnings. New um, family. New friendships. Um, and, you know, something that marks the start of something beautiful that we hope blossoms into something incredible that not only could give other people life, um, other people um, hope, but everyone to know that sometimes you gotta be a bit silly. We're human, you know, like live live life. Don't don't live without regret. No, don't live without regrets. Live without regrets. Don't Yes, regrets. yes. No regrets. No regrets. Um I've literally got rags tattooed on my hand. <laughs> literally I swear done. Um so yeah um before we start with the hard-hitting needle in your arms <laughs> and also questions um i just want to say thank you so much for accepting to be my co-host um i look so forward to so many more episodes of fun and you know get to know yeah and it's not always going to be like that soul crushing heartbreaking you know, traumatizing kind of stories. You know, we are going to have some uplifting stories and some fun along the way, and there will be shilly. Absolutely. You know, it's um. This isn't yeah. just dip, dip, dip. Um, this isn't just about trying to help people, as well as that people know that if they're not okay, they can be. You know, like everyone goes through a journey. Um, it's about telling stories. It's about a journey in every way, shape, and form. So we got to have fun too. <laughs> so, in saying that, I just got one. Hello, is this thing plugged in? <laughs> is this thing on? I think I put it in the wrong hole. <laughs> That's what he said. That's what she said. <laughs> oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. Got the wrong hole. <laughs> guys, it is a tattoo machine. Um, guys, also, I would like to just say there could be a potential trigger warning of potential blood um noise noise sound. trigger warning for sensory overdrive if you do find that you are becoming um irritated or triggered by sounds visuals or whatnot we urge you to please just turn off this um podcast um and we hope you're okay um and also just don't judge me okay because it's probably not gonna be great but look i think it's gonna be i think it's gonna great. be perfect i think it's gonna be beautiful um and Thanks for trusting me to do this. Why not? Someone say you're crazy, but look, ADHD makes you wish. ADHD, blame it on the boogie. So, Miss Shaq, we will start off with the first question, which is, I'm going to just go straight for it. Yeah. What was the hardest time of your life? I actually have a couple, to be honest. Um, you know, being raised by a single mum, um, my brother is seven years older than me and I was gracefully born. Um, rare two percenters, born on my exact due date. Love that. Dad was not in the picture. He was in another, he took off to another state to live his own life and do what he had to do to make himself happy. Mm-hmm. My mother raised the both of us. Um, my brother was more um, inclined to going back and forth to my dad. Dad did not want me or anything to do with me. So I was wanted by my mum. I was loved by my mum. I was very, we grew up very, very poor, very poor, but she did the best that she could with the staples that she has and the knowledge that she has. Now my mum was 26. Um, 
We went through a lot of traveling around Australia, moving 60 plus times in my life to this date. Wow. Um, so I have a very, a lot of uh, instability in my life. So all I aspire to do is create a home for myself. So I have that stabilized home where home is a home. It's not what's next. And where are we going next? And how are we going to get through? But we got through. We did get through. Um, she, trigger warning, did suffer with a lot of uh, domestic violence herself. So an escaping of my safety and my mother's safety in the meantime. That's why we traveled so much. Wow. Um, from my father, but um, that's his life choices as well. And then my mum did marry someone, um, a stepfather, who wasn't, it was a parental figure, but not really. They had two beautiful girls. Five years, I was five years old um, when my little sister Claire was born. Mm -hmm. um, complications during birth with choices by doctors and nurses. Mm -hmm. She was then um, brain damaged. Yeah. And um, has severe disability in that aspect. So that was an adjustment in mm -hmm. itself. How um, is she now? She is now 32. Yeah. How is she? She is the light of my life. I love that. She is my rainbow. She lives with you? No. So she, when she was in her 20s, my mum has, there is a thing where you can, they can go into a home with people with similar disabilities. So yeah. she lives with a bunch of girls. Yeah. With her own full-time carer. Mm-hmm. Um, they have 24 hour care and she's living her best life, but we still see her every week. I love that. She still comes on school holidays. She, my mum goes up every week. Uh, it was more of an adjustment for my mum to more let her live her life than, than what Claire had to kind of separate from this. If she was one of us, Absolutely. she would be out there, you know, renting with a friend and living yeah. her best life. So of because course. of that transition, she has come out of her shell a hundred times over. Her speech has gotten so much better. Um, her life skills have gotten so much better and more independent because we were doing a lot of it for her. Yeah. And, you know, growing up with her, it was it was a struggle, you know. It was, it was a big thing. It was a big adjustment, but that was my Claire. That was my Claire Bear and Honey Show Special from the get-go and I have been a security guard my whole life. Very protective? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, she didn't walk until the age of four, so she had still a walking frame with little wheels on them and she was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. So your other siblings? Yes, but then when I was nine, mm -hmm. so four years after Claire was born, yeah. um, my beautiful sister, baby sister Samantha was born and she just came out like a bad out of her. <laughs> and she was a ball of life and she's beautiful. But in the meantime, I was, you know, my sister Claire had a lot of um, specialist appointments, surgeries, brain surgeries, ear surgeries, physical surgeries. I was put into sports majority of my life mm -hmm. because I was then out of the way. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Did you enjoy doing sports though? I'm an athletic person, it's what I do, but yeah. I felt wanted, needed, yeah, and a part of something. I wasn't a burden at home then. Yeah. So Did you feel that though? When... Absolutely. I didn't want yeah. to be a cause of anything. My mum was already going through enough. Yeah. Sort of stuff. Um, my stepdad was there, but he was also a qualified chef. So he did split shifts and worked very, very hard. So my mum did a lot of it on her own. Two younger kids, me. I've already seen my mum go through enough. Yeah. So the sports was good. I was doing um, competitive gymnastics with in Victoria, you know, competing for Victoria, the Victoria Institute of Sport, Queensland Institute of Sport. Um, you know, it was easier to just kind of go to the sports and I'm go do all the specialist appointments and the surgeries and the this and the that and, you know, 
we were up in Mackay at that point in time. Yep. And I just was existing. So I kind of raised myself. Mentally, how were you throughout all of this? You know, having oh. felt like you've been kind of forced out of the house to just go do what you got to do to be out of the way. Yeah. Did you have friends? Like, oh, crikey, a spider. Like, welcome to Australia. Hello, my guy. There we go, guys. <laughs> I don't know if you can see that fella. Oh, yep, just there. So everyone say hi to Frederick. Welcome to Australia. Who we're just going to pop over the... Oh, have a better life. He's like, no, we want to see attachment <laughs> issues. Attachment. My guy, issues. my guy, my guy, my guy. Okay, no, you can. Okay, we're just look. look it was just a daddy summers. long legs. He it's can fun. just run away. <laughs> Crikey, it's like us. I just want to be free. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah. So back to what we were talking about. <clears throat> um. So I was very much raised um to hold everything strong. I am my mother's rock. Yep. I am the strong one. Um, it breaks my heart when you see your mother sad or, you know, the female representatives in your life, mm -hmm. sisters, anything, parental figures being sad, it, it breaks your heart. So you have to be the strong one, make sure they're okay. It's just a role that I got put in way too early. Just instantly. It's like what yeah. I was there for that reason. I was put on this earth to make sure my mother's okay. Yeah. She got through. And she could get through and be her strength, the guidance, her rock. It's almost like you were taking on that other parental figure. You weren't the child. It's like it a was... masculine kind of figure as well. Yeah. Like um, like a male role. Um, yes, I am a woman-loving woman, but and I'm a mask. Yeah, the girls. Yeah, the girls. And I am a mask in the um, LGBTQ plus and the rest of the letters community. Yeah, T-I-A. T-I-A um, community. So... You know, I did, I was automatically thrown into that masculine kind of role where I fixed everything. I mowed the lawns. Yep. I made sure everything was okay. I I was there. I was the rock. I was the, you know. Did you feel comfortable in that more masked tomboy kind of role though? Or did I'm, you feel, do you feel that you were kind of? I think it's just where I fit. It just yeah. worked. It's you. It worked. And I am a protector. I'm, yep. a, I'm a natural born protector. I'm a natural born provider for my family. My mum and my sisters are, they're my family, so I'm gonna protect them yep. to the best of my abilities. So, you know, I protected my little sisters, I protected my mum. I went through a lot as well with the, um, I'm not part, I'm not his child. Yeah. So I am, so I am the black sheep. <laughs> I am the black sheep. You know, I'm yeah. the part of that, and I was made to feel that. And you know, so I did throw myself into sports, and yeah. and also in the process, I was discovering why am I so different? Mm -hmm. I like the way girls look, and mm -hmm. they smell, and they're so pretty, and can <laughs> smell pretty. Yeah. But I didn't know what the word gay was or okay. lesbian. It wasn't discussed yeah. or talked about. Back in the day, it was a taboo. So did you ever look at a boy and have that same kind I of emotion? I thought you're a good brother, <laughs> but I don't want you to touch me. Okay, okay. So, so you always kind of knew. Absolutely. I came out of my mother flirting with the nurses. I knew straight away. <laughs> the female nurses. Female nurses. It's, um, but it wasn't spoken about. So that was very hard for me to discover who I am and where I fit because I genuinely thought maybe I'm supposed to be a boy. Yeah. Because I like girls, but only boys like girls. Am I supposed to be a boy? Oh, wow. So I didn't know what trans or anything was either. So I'm like, I think I'm naturally meant to be a boy because yeah. I like girls. And then I just thought maybe that's it. So for everyone watching at home, I guess, um, do you mind telling us how old you are? I'm 37 years old. Just so they can get, um, you know, I guess the... That you are so like yes. stone stone age. Um, Correct. I mean, sorry. No. <laughs> no, I'm not far off you. I'm an eighty-eight baby. Eighty-six baby. So so yes, back like then when I was seven and eight, nine, it it wasn't discussed. It wasn't talked about. It wasn't the internet wasn't really a thing. Back in the day, trigger warning, it wasn't a thing. Literally, you would have um, to wait. Books weren't written. Podcasts, mm. nothing. 
Okay. You'd have to wait 15 minutes just for your uncle or auntie's um, to connect and go, <laughs> Yes, yeah, so I had to kind of sit there and wait to discover who I was as a human and as a where I fit in this world and what I am. Did you ever, I guess, reach out to when you started feeling these emotions that, you know, like, why do I like girls and boys? Um, no, you I, didn't reach out to anyone? I felt like I had nobody. My mum has accepted me my whole entire life. Yeah. Did you speak to your mum about it? Like, I why do I? never came out to my mum. Stop. I've never came out to my mum. You're just mom. saying, okay, this is Betty. This is, you know, correct. Tina. Correct. <laughs> Literally, correct. My mom it's the unsaid thing. I've never had to come out to my mum. I never have. She's never made me feel that way. And I think yeah. that's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Because she's so maybe like, do, do you want to maybe, you know, just do a mock um Come out to my mum on this podcast because I don't have to. I'm gay, mum. <laughs> yes, let's go. So it's yeah. I, I didn't feel like I could reach out or yeah. talk to my mum because she really was going yeah. through enough. I thought that there was something wrong with me. Yeah. I thought, why am I different? Why add this extra, add extra pressure to my mum? I'll just be normal. Oh, I will yeah. be me. I did gymnastics for 13 years. Oh my gosh. Did yes. you wear squirts and No, I did wear leotards. <laughs> um and also I had what long, color? long hair. What colour leotard? Red and pink. As long as you had a bit of the red in there. <laughs> yes. I had long blonde hair with curls, with the ringlets and all so that you sort of fit stuff. That girly, yes. girly kind of normal essentially, I guess they I were calling you back then because of course back in our day it wasn't normal. Yes. To like this same sex and it wasn't normal Correct. to want to be a boy if you're a girl you know which but i knew i wasn't still... meant to be a boy because yeah. i didn't want i didn't feel connected to their parts and pieces yeah the, the outer layer and stuff but i had yeah. the feelings of being attracted to girls yeah but i didn't feel yeah like i was a boy so yeah, it's exactly. really super Confusing. Conflicting in my yeah. own brain. Absolutely. Also having undiagnosed ADHD mm. on top of that, which gets overlooked in schools and I am different. Absolutely. And all that sort of stuff. So I did show you there, we're often just seen as the naughty kid. I was or the naughty kid. The, you know? 100% I was. The I had nothing to do with my ADHD. <laughs> no, I was the rebellious kid. I was the yeah. kid that was a class clown, but it was more. A lady, I'm deflecting because this is not making sense to me. Yeah. 100%. So instead of bringing attention to me feeling you're trauma coding your emotions. Yes. Instead of me feeling like I'm dumb and I'm not understanding and making it look like obviously yeah. that I'm dumb, I go, "Hey, look at me! I'm a, I'm a fool." Yeah. Yeah. So it was easy to be the class clown as well. So I had a lot of mixed emotions growing up. Um, I am gay, but I didn't know what it was. Yeah. I have ADHD, but I thought I was dumb. Mm -hmm. And I mis misunderstood. Yeah. I had outside family of a disabled sister where half of her brain was completely blank. And why her? She was just an innocent baby. Yeah. Why did that happen? But she is made perfectly the way she is meant to be. I love that. Um, and my mum then also getting diagnosed with cervical cancer. Wow. We moved from a back to down to Victoria for more family support. Um, my mum then diagnosed with cervical cancer. Um, in regular, normal, regular period, yep. and this is what my mum has drummed into us our whole lives. She was a month to month, yeah. On the dot, everything, everything was smooth, seven days, all that sort of stuff. She started spotting one day and went, that's not right. She got checked straight away. Good on her. She knew that that was not her. Yeah. She got checked within that week because mm -hmm. it happened twice. They did yeah. the doctoral specialist thing. Mm -hmm. She had stage two cervical cancer. Yeah. She was booked in for... Um, removal mm -hmm. uh, for hysterectomy no they offered to take one of her ovaries she said yep. take a lot mm -hmm. because there's chances of it coming back and i want to live with yeah. my children oh, i don't need any of that we've got yeah. no kids yep. so she was booked into that um a couple of months later yeah and i do want to just interject there and say i cannot express highly enough 
how important it is for females to get your cervical screening as well as your pap smears done as soon as you are sexually active Correct. you have to book in to get your screening done every year um, as soon as you get your first the doctor will then send you if it's a normal screening they will send you a letter usually every one to three years to come back for another exam do not leave it till it's too late trust me um, it can be quite um, invasive I guess if you've never had one done before but trust me that is so much better than one losing your life or losing the ability to bear children because you've left it too long and you know um, cervical cancer once it gets to the late stages is extremely hard to reverse you know it's extremely hard to eradicate that without a full hysterectomy or partial hysterectomy which often can lead to you not being able to bear children also but also the fact that you could lose your life um, so for one one screening that takes 15 minutes if that um, please make sure you book in for your pap smear hence why um, I have brought that up is because you know your own body better than anyone else absolutely my mum knew her body and in that week that she got it a week early and it was spotty she went that week she acted straight away and within two months she got a full hysterectomy and just before she got that they did a screening of it again she was already just barely the brink of stage four wow that's how quickly it can happen absolutely and if she had a left it going on that's strange maybe next month it might be normal mm -hmm. she wouldn't be here so that's why she's been so hard on all of us girls and my brother as well with his with what men go through um and getting tested and checked as well very important and she cannot stipulate to us she's prostate cancer boys like i was thinking of no, the word prostate cancer you know obviously it's not fun. you no. know it's not fun i don't it's know how many men much. might be watching this podcast right now but you know if there aren't any women please get your men's to get that finger up their tuchus. Trust me, it's uncomfortable. He's not going to like it, but it could save his life, honestly. Um, literally the same situation, you know, it's two seconds, you know, maybe you could even just like, you know, give him like warm him up, you know? Spend a <laughs> little one-on-one on one yeah. time together. <laughs> yeah, before the appointment, like maybe not the same day, but you know, like, you know, kind of ease him into it, you know, girls, you know what I mean, okay? It's just important. so normalized getting your prostate checked as well as your and cervical breast screening. Cancer in breast cancer as well. All, ki all kinds of cancer that can be diagnosed early. It's super important if you have any changes in your body, any changes in your mood um, relating to your periods. Um, you know, if you're finding you're hot and cold, hot and cold, you've got like um, early menopause kind of symptoms and stuff often sometimes that can lead to a diagnosis of cervical cancer. Um, if your periods again if your periods are super irregular or you have an extremely heavy flow for longer than the first day please go get your exams done seriously and if you've got obviously men if you have any bleeding out your tuchus or in your urine please go see your gp correct so yeah my mum had that um done and at the exact same time um in hospital going through that my stepfather um was run away with wow. another woman oh gosh yes yes so that begins the telltale sign of a lot of stress yeah. high intensities you could have died from cervical cancer your husband is then doing his own thing and um abandoning everything by his choices yeah and then a lot of health issues for my mum was happening after that and she then got diagnosed with scleroderma and what is that it's it's a chronic illness yeah um if you are unaware of lupus lupus is the thickening of your outer skin yep. and a lot of health issues on top of that mm -hmm. scleroderma is the internal um thickening of your skin around the layers of your organs so your lungs your heart your esophagus yep. until it um there is documentaries out there not very many because it is mm -hmm. not a very known 
That's Chronic really illness is a very rare thing, and it is stress-based. Yeah. Um, it is brought on from stress, entire, um, full-on stress, and it's, yeah, your internal organs. So are. what, do you know what the symptoms of this potentially could be? Um, a lot of the symptoms are, like, within your esophagus, the yep. shortness of breath. Yep. Um, it's got a lot of the telltale signs of lupus. It goes hand in hand. The tightening of your skin, your skin can rip. Yep. Um, and mum just got an exam and it came up in her cell work and all that sort of stuff. So with more, there is a scleroderma clinic in Melbourne yep. that specialises in it. Um, and I think that's St. Alfred's in Melbourne, yep. off Punt Road, uh, or St. Vincent's, one of them. Mm -hmm. They specialise in it. It's not something that's talked about. Um, there is, like I said, um, documentaries. My mum was specifically not asked for me to watch them documentaries because she does not want me to see yes. what she is going to go through in the future. Okay. Um, I have no. Okay. No, I have. From what I, it turns you to stone. Okay. Um, it is a disease that turns you into stone. Your body um, tightens up. Is that diseases? No, it is wow. incurable. Um, there are some treatments that help you get through. Yeah, so management rather than yes, treatment. Yes, um, she gets cure. checked every single year wow. by the scleroderma clinic with her lungs, her heart, the layers, her esophagus, um, that sort of stuff until it closes up completely. There is no time limit. It is. It goes thick until there is nothing there anymore, unfortunately. So... It is a day to day, week to week, year to year. Yeah. Whenever it will be, will be. But she lives her best life. Can I just ask, how are you? That scares me. Absolutely. She's my rock. She's she says I'm her rock. She's my rock. Um, she's a real warrior. She also then got diagnosed with Raynaud's, which is yeah. the when in her treatments, um, it's the blood flow to your hands and feet, yeah. your fingers, it's also called white tip. Yep. Um, she was one of, yes, so she was one of the rare experiments where they tried leeches oh, on the tips of your fingers to try and get the blood flow circulating to push down, and it worked for her. Yep. She still has to get treatment every year to get her through winter because winter is a killer. Yep. For um, it makes that go turn to wildfire of circulation, as we know, coldness less circulation yeah so she we need to keep her regulated and warm gloves electric blankets all that sort of stuff hotter the weather the better it is for her more manageable um with everything on top of that all of her medications everything that she's on it um counteracts in certain ways so some of her scleroderma tablets, oxygen tablets, everything she goes through. Also, disintegrates your bones. Wow. So, you know, she's had to have a hip replacement. She has to have another hip replacement because the medication that helps her live yeah. also then takes away from other aspects. Do you mind if I ask how old she is? She is 63 next month. So she's still young too. She's still young. And she is very, she gets very agitated within herself and frustrated because my mum did um, ballroom dancing professionally, um, rock and roll dancing professionally. She's a very fit, beautiful woman, riddled with a six pack and good to go. And this has really, it has. So she has to try and go, she's got the mind of what she's always yeah. been, but she hasn't got the body of it. She's also a personal care for the disabled yeah. as well. So. She work, works forever with disability clients. My sister does the same, my youngest sister. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. And, you know, I take her to, she doesn't like take her, us taking her to some of the appointments in the city. I have. Um, she's there with the man of her dreams and has been for mm -hmm. 10 years now. Beautiful. Um, I call him my stepdad. He's a beautiful man. He loves and adores her incredibly. He's, he's very, very good. But it's been a long journey of remarriages in the process, ups and downs, divorces again, this and that. But I will stick by my family side 
no matter what, um, through the hardest of times and mm -hmm. this and that, I've, I'm just, I'm just there. Yep. Um, but then working myself out as well, like in my teenage years, I started to discover. Talk about your learn. first girlfriend. Oh, no. Evolving lady. <laughs> Evolving waiting for it. Come hot on. seat. It's the hot seat. Absolutely, now. you know it is. So I, know. I did not get my first girlfriend until I was in my twenties. You got her? Did you go to the store and grab that? <laughs> I did. I did. No, it, it was a very um funny situation, but obviously um dibbed and dabbed and experimented with females in my teenage life, um, living my best life on the Gold Coast. Yeah. Um, I moved up there. My fam, my mum and sister stayed down here. I needed to discover myself. Yep. The age of 15, I moved out of home, moved up to the Gold Coast and discovered myself. I love that. And my mum has always said, you do you, boo. <laughs> I, um, I did, when I was about 12, I cut all my hair off. Mum mm -hmm. said, if that's you, that's you. I love that. This long, beautiful blonde hair, she said, that's what makes you happy. So supportive. Let's that's do beautiful. it. She did not care. She never questioned me. She never asked anything. She said, let's do it. She took me to the barbers. Oh, yeah. My hair cut off. And it was me. And then as I grew up, I got to dress. Mum's never told me how to dress. Yep. Even at a young age. Always accepted you. Wanted to wear ripped jeans. Go for it. I love that. She never said, but you're so pretty. She never said anything. She yeah. let me, she allowed me to be everything that I am while I was discovering who I was. It's beautiful. Um, as much as I did also raise myself and my emotions um, of, but you're the rock, you're the hard one. So you suppress and you push. Yeah. Suppress and you push. You've got to be that tough person. And I have always been that tough person. And to this day, you know, I still struggle with trying to talk because it has been 37 years of suppressing and pushing and not being yeah. a strong one. And now learning to communicate talk and express myself it's still i think you're doing amazing last time how doing tiktok has brought me out of my shell a lot more just being able to express myself absolutely i got diagnosed with adhd when i was living on the Gulf coast because i had a teacher who discovered i learned differently yeah i wasn't that naughty kid i learned differently and i got diagnosed i did it myself I got diagnosed. I also discovered I was anaphylactic onion. Oh, fun. Yes. So an allergy to that. That's beautiful. I love it for you. And with that new fair discovery and then new fair, I was discovering a lot that I'm gay and what it was. I was experimenting ADHD as well, discovering myself, what I'm capable of and forgiving myself yep. as well that I'm not dumb. Absolutely. I am very intelligent. I'm socially intelligent as well. Absolutely. Um, more so than brains, I am broad. <laughs> and I go through life winging it and using my personality and I get through. Absolutely love that. I'm very so, similar minded, I think. And that's the ADHD in us. Yes. I think um, you do often I had similar, um, like, it just felt weird. You know, yeah. like, I um, either couldn't focus at all or I was so focused on absolutely everything and I get it done so quick at school. Um, you know, it's it's really, really, I think it's hard to explain to people it is. just how your brain processes things because it's like you're like 100 miles a minute. But like there's one thing you can be like, can you focus on what breed of dog this is? And you're like, yep, and now I've just explained every single cat, bird, snake, possum Bro, in the entire world. Literally, because I'm like, well, they're going to want to know what that is too. They're asking about what this one is, even though it's not related, you know, but your brain automatically goes over to that kind of, yes. you got to know. <laughs> so the discovery of ADHD and diagnosis when I was in my teenage years of going to the doctors mm -hmm. and, you know, going to see specialists and then talking to therapists, discovery of ADHD forgiving of myself as well and then accepting my new path of journey and having a name to what I'm going through. That is a very um, new experience as well because when you can put a name to something, yeah. it helps. 
your brain. Yes. It's not I'm not just different in every aspect. Yeah. I've now discovered there's a name to why I'm attracted to females. Yeah. I'm gay. There is a name to Sorry, why what? Gay. She's gay. <laughs> um and I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Um there's a name to now why I'm not dumb. Or and I learn differently and it doesn't make sense to my brain. It is ADHD. I also have the hyperactivity side of it because there are seven different forms of ADHD. Can you name them all? No, I can't <laughs> remember. <laughs> but I do know of it. I do know. It will ring out. Also with that too, um, coming from two that do, um, just because you were diagnosed with a certain type of ADHD, it does not necessarily mean that the symptoms of your ADHD are going to be exactly the same as someone else that has the same type of ADHD. Um, it works in a different way in everyone's body. Some people will be similar, um, but just know that just because you're diagnosed the same as someone and you're not as hyper or you're not as depressed or you're not as, I guess, productive or something like that, it doesn't make you any less of a human. It doesn't make you any less beautiful. Um, it just means that, you know, we're all different, and you know, it does, you know, and why would you want to be like anyone else when there's one rare thing in this world and that's you? So always be you, be proud of you, love you, and never ever want to be like anyone else because there is no one else like you. That's right. And there are very similar um, aspects in a lot of ADHDs and ADDs. We have very similar. Yes, <laughs> we, we do. And um, there are telltale signs which then can lead to different also diagnoses of and different forms of ADHD. Like I said, hyperactivity. Mm -hmm. Also very uh, vast and a lot of judgment, which comes from it. So out of yes. your type of ADHD, um, like I know for me, especially with all my tattoos and stuff, a lot of the times I am judged as being on substances um, because I'm tattoo, I'm so high energy. It's like, oh, well, she must be literally. It's like, no, I'm just going through a very hyper moment. You, <laughs> you are. It, it's, it is a, it I'm is, going through a hyper. Yeah. And that's what it is. And it's very, it is very similar to people that may use narcotics or be extremely intoxicated. Yes. Yes. Um, so we like to have a drink, bevies, have a whiskey, have Absolutely. a beer. Um, most times we're completely sober, but it's people's perception of other people and what people do with themselves and their own judgment that sets them apart from everyone else you know like we have the ability to be completely judgment free you know and i think that is um for me i love that like i know with me i see someone for who they are and how they are towards me and you know i think that's one of the beautiful sides of having adhd and similar like autism and um asperger's and like stuff I can't even England say because like I'm trying to be professional <laughs> whilst tattooing you. You know, um, is that our brain doesn't necessarily think in the standard way of think outside of this exactly. Story. You know, like we understand actions and stuff more than off someone rather than what people are saying about people or That's you know right. what we've heard. You know, so yeah it, it's a new found glory and people that come to me and say oh my child's just been diagnosed with adhd too and i'm like congratulations absolutely I, nothing I to be ashamed about because um and also condolences no, says because if you want to get them to do anything they're going to do 15 other things before that correct. and then they probably won't do that thing and they will procrastinate <laughs> and we'll and, forget <laughs> and then we'll go into meltdown mode because now we've left it to the last minute and it's the and feeling guilty that we're letting people down you know and i think that's yes. for me that is one of my hardest sides is i'm a massive empath and i hate to be the one to let someone down you know and that oh, yeah. And even if someone is saying, like, I can read people's energy, mm. like, too much. You know, for me, it gets too much sometimes. And they can be telling me that, no, 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 it's fine, don't worry. But I know, I know like, I just know that it's not. And it doesn't help me when someone's like, no, 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 it just tells me, no, it's fine, just so I don't get, like, real, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, that doesn't actually what help. Exactly, you know, like I need that communication, I need them words, I need that facial kind of expression and, mm -hmm. you know, it's something that 
a lot of people in my life hate <laughs> because I can read, literally read them like a book. Don't lie to me. Mm, literally, like literally. Um, but also it's something that a lot of people do love because it gives me a beautiful ability to be able to tell for me one person is when they're not okay. And when they're saying that they're okay and I know they're not, I can read their energy. I can feel it. It's, it's weird. Like, yeah. and I've been like that since I was a child. I've just, it's not like ghosts or ghouls or anything like that. It's just, you know, it's a feeling. It is. It's something it's that like I can. It's like an intuition. A hundred percent. I just, a gut feeling and itch. Yeah. An itch that just, it's like an itch that you can't get rid of that itch. Yes, and until you get to the bottom of it. So tell me what's up, okay? Because I need to know. Run in circles <laughs> kind of thing as well. And there's a lot of aspects of it as well where when I then kind of, they threw some paperwork at me to learn about ADHD and I'm like, you just gave me a booklet on... Oh, sorry, babe. I just snagged you. Yeah, that's all good. Um, you heard gave... booklet and information and my brain went, what? Yeah, you just gave me a booklet <laughs> on what I need to look at of what I go through for me to understand myself. You just gave that to an ADHD that is not willing to do that. I lost that book in the first 24 hours. Seconds. Yeah. So, and that's real. I think I might have left it at the beach. Yeah. Because after that appointment and the diagnosis and stuff, I went on the Gold Coast. Yeah. I went for the for the surf, like to feel free and be like, this is me. This is all of me. I'm gay. I have ADHD, and this is me. Yeah. So I went to my place, which is, you know, Palm Beach. I went to PBC. Um, and I went and just did what I loved and felt so free. And that day, that afternoon, after all the clarity of everything, it's a moment I'll never forget because it's the freest I've ever felt because everything was explained. Now it's just a journey of discovery now of more of, all right, well, what's next? What can I, what am I capable of? What can I do? Where does this take me to now? And I'm still discovering and I'm still learning about ADHD and myself. Yeah, absolutely. Because I've never read that book still. To this day, <laughs> I've never read that book. I just win yeah. it and it's, all oh, right, well, here's a new thing. And it would probably take us about eight months to With hyper-focusing. Anyway. <laughs> hyper-focusing is a real thing and a lot of a telltale sign in ADHD is. Um, disassociating as well is a thing. I'm a mad disassociator. I could I'm be looking square in the eye going, mm-hmm, and heard nothing you said. I could sit there and be looking looking like I'm looking at you, yeah. but I'm looking straight past you. And there's literally, all right, so I've still got to do this tonight. I've got to do this, but I'm still listening to you mm-hmm. kind of thing. So there, that's another big telltale sign. And that's a big thing in my life. I still have a ukulele that I've been building from scratch, from home. It's been five years and it is still that really painting half built. Right there against the wall, I started painting it two and a half years ago for my bathroom. Still unfinished. Yeah, my <laughs> ukulele is still half finished from five years ago. Yeah. And I dib and dab into that here yeah. and there. Um, I do art as well because it is a good escape yeah. for me. Because that's a way of expressing your feelings when you can't verbally talk, you express it in your art, every way, shape and form, whether it be the way you express yourself in your clothing, what you draw, paint, do, makeup, hair, everything, nails, beauty therapists, that's their form of art. I appreciate all aspects, tattooing, everything. So, you know, from there, I've still bottled up a lot in my life. I'm still learning to talk. I got my first girlfriend when I was about 23 because I have abandonment issues of, you know, my father, my stepdad, my mum, and all that sort of fun stuff. So I do with people walking out and leaving me as soon as you do express anything. So I've learned suppress and push. Um, what do you find helps you, like now in your old lady, I mean, adult life? Um, what helps you the most? I guess um, for me, I find TikTok's amazing with yes. slowing my brain down and wearing it out. Like yes. night times is always the hardest for me, and that's right. when I stream because my brain is like, oh my gosh, because I've been so active during the day with work, the kids, 
and all that I find once I stop my brain blows up so I'm like get on TikTok you know have a drink have a chat and I find it helps me sleep what about you so mine was when I was living out on the Gold Coast surfing being active physically active for me surfing it's it's so good for your mind body and soul yeah um I was a little skeg um what's a skeg skeg is just a little surfer maybe kind of person that's all peace loving and freeing um I did a scene in Byron Bay hang out with all the hippies I did fire twirling as well okay yes with the poise not the stick which is um, on the chains, yes. Chains, boys. <laughs> yes, chains, boys. Um, and then my mum needed help down here because she was single, parent, disabled daughter, um, another ADHD, a child, but was diagnosed at the age of five okay. and was recognised, which was good. She got the help she needed. I was overlooked. Um, so As I we were back then. Did because... not get the opportunity to yeah. get the help. Well, really? a lot of people don't understand that, like, back in our day, back in my day, back in our day, it was not common for women or girls. It was yes. not common for girls to be diagnosed with ADHD and, it is and similar conditions. 100% it is. So it was, a lot of the times it was just you, like, for me, when, like, I first started going to the doctor when I was younger and that it was more just, she's going through the change, you know, like, she is hormonal, she's going to get a period soon. Like it was not even thought yeah. that so there was. So mine was about uh, 15 and 16, and it was from the help of a beautiful teacher, um, which I was blessed for. Let's get on down here. So we get my podcast, get lucky. <laughs> Hashtag get lucky. Really <laughs> bad. Um, anyway, so um, a lot more freeing that things that expressed me where I can express it, I ended up getting a job. Um, in airbrushing on Harley tanks and tortoiseshell helmets and stuff. Wow. I love um, that. And then next door was a manu- surfboard manufacturing company um, and they asked me to do some artwork on there. Well done. I started doing airbrushing on surfboards. Um, beautiful art. Um, lots of Marilyn Monroe things as well because. So next is- time we chat, you need to be tattooing me. Yeah. <laughs> I actually wanted to be a tattoo assistant, so it was pretty buzzy for me. Yeah. Kind of thing. So, so I actually love it. I, I can't do it. I hate repetitive sounds. It triggers me hard, except for this. This literally puts me to sleep. Like I, yeah. There's nothing more I love than and I like the sound it. Of so, it's cool. Um, my mum called me up. She needed help. She's going through schooling. I, my mum has never asked for help in her life. Um, so when she calls me up and says, "Shaq, I need your help," I was an apprenticeship at the time. Yeah. Um, in my first year, I'm living on the Gold Coast, living my best life. And I took my job, sold my car, paid three months in advance in rent with housemates. Yeah. Packed up everything I could in those yellow, red, uh, no, those white, red, and blue stripy bags. Yeah, I know them well. Yep. And booked a flight with what I sold my car with, which was only $500. That's all right. Yeah. And it was whatever they had in their pockets. I said, take it, yours, it's registered. Everything is good, it's safe. Um, And I booked a flight and said, pick me up tomorrow at 11 o'clock. So I came down here. My mum needs me, I'm here. Anyone needs me, I'm there. I'm reliable Mm -hmm. because I've never had reliability in my life. I want everyone to know that I'm reliable. I will always be there. I will always show up. Um, You will never be alone when you have me in your life. And I'll make sure of it. I love that. Um, because I've never had that. So why wouldn't I do something that I've always wanted? And I think that's one big thing on TikTok you preach, is that yeah. you're there for someone when they need someone. Correct. Um, you need me, I will call you. What's your favourite part of TikTok? My favourite part of TikTok is actually the friendships that they make in the comments with each other. 100%. Um, not even towards me. I appreciate and adore and love everybody's yep. time and friendship. But I know people that have become friends and met in person through my comments. They are now forever friends. They are now family. They go on holidays together. I know this for facts because I've met these people. Yeah. And they they hang out every weekend and they are part of each other's lives. And they met because of me. I did that. I did that. And so 
Yeah, I moved down to here. Help my mum. Can't surf. Melbourne's too cold. Mm. I took up longboarding as a different kind of aspect, and I do longboarding now, and I love all of that. You know, I worked for my family, supported them, carried on in my life, um, loved and lost, and I've never been in the whole in love kind of thing because I don't allow myself the emotions and the feelings. Trauma. Trauma, that's right. And trusting and giving myself to someone completely is um, very intimidating. It's very vulnerable. Yeah. And I've been hurt so much in my life by um, family and relatives and, this stuff and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Why would I do it for a stranger? So I'm learning to cave into that and trust people and give every you give me your time i'll give you all of mine then i see TikTok, and i see wow look at the art on there the paintings the art the people yeah. the beautiful relationships the friendships i actually come across you start following you um and a handful of people i've seen a lot of drama oh yeah um and you know what that makes me sad for people mm -hmm. but it's their cry for help that they need someone as well yep um so you know, and then I thought, well, I can do this. I can be a friendly face. I can be someone who is reliable and a distraction. Mm -hmm. And people go through things. And COVID well, was yes. a big thing. Absolutely. So I just started going live. I didn't make videos. I did not start with videos. Yeah. I got enough followers. Um, and I started going live instantly. No videos, no personality. This is me. Here I am. Here I am, Wells. Take me as you please. Yeah. Like me, love me, hate me. And it's kicked off ever since then. Um, I've grown. I've learned to talk because people are in comments. They can't talk back, but they can only type back. Yep. So it's made me have to grow to reading, to then trying to feel, to then expressing. Um, meeting beautiful people. Um, having new friendships, people that have been in my life for the rest of my life, and hoping. Um, then I started doing more distractions, more fun time. I am hyper of ADHD. Music is my soul. I play, I'm self taught in acoustic guitar. I cannot read music, ADHD. I can hear it, I can see it visually. Um, this is another aspect of ADHD that some people don't have, it's, it makes me feel like I was crazy, but I can see music. Mm -hmm. I can physically see it, colors. It is a real thing. So if your children are saying to you, I can see things in with music or sounds or words, it's, they are not crazy. They are being it and talk to them. Yeah. Let them express it because that's how it works. I could see you. Sometimes if I were streaming through the air, you can see the sound in the movements. You can feel it, and that's how we learn. Um, it literally takes me to a whole new world, and people that watch me on TikTok can see that I am yeah. not there. I am <laughs> in my own world, and I'm jamming out, and the Absolutely. TikTok people love to see. So, 100%. Then they feel it and they see it and they breathe it and they they get into it and it just strips them from their lives. Passion. Yes, absolutely. And that's um, one thing we do. We pass. We pass. We pass. We pass. We don't pass. Yeah. So it's it's like um, and then it started for Sunday fun days because there was that much drama on the app mm -hmm. that people go on to TikTok for as, as an escape. To get away from their real lives and reality and the crap that comes with it and then they're going on there and seeing that and it triggers them more and like me i need to i need the distraction for my own adhd because i'm so riddled with beans and like hyperactivity and energy that i work 13 hour shifts day shifts night shifts and it's not enough so i need to get rid of it so if i dance i'll make you smile which Absolutely. makes me smile i talk to you in a safe space where there is zero judgment 100%. whoever you are whatever you are whoever you say you are as long as you are kind we will accept you correct no what matter where you're from what religion what color 
Even if you're mean to me, I still say, I hope you have a better day. A hundred percent. Go to bed, have a better sleep. I also do interest in more passive aggressive way. <laughs> yes. Um, so then I started going, I still watch people's lives and I live scroll. Jazzers, I always scrolled into a lot and watched because what an inspiration she is as a human and what she invites you in and so welcoming. You feel, you don't feel like an outsider. You feel accepted for all that you are everything that you are and everything that you can be and she will push that in you and make you feel that to your core she Ditto. made me feel that to my core she didn't even know Ditto. she did not know that she had that impact on me i truly appreciate you mm. because i became a better person on tiktok because of you mm. so it, it's a beautiful thing that you have such a home for people oh, and nice. i've never felt at home with anything or any of my surroundings. I've been, Stop. I've been in houses, but in your space, I felt home. I oh. felt comfortable. I felt accepted and no judgment. I didn't even have to explain myself. I'm Never. just them. And people that come across your lives do feel that. Yeah. And I don't have to say what I go through. You I just feel know. it. I feel it. You I tell you, know, I feel and it. And I love that. And yeah. you have a laugh, and you're so sarcastic, like myself. Hundred percent. Because of the trauma in our lives, we, we don't sit there and cry, and we do that in yeah. times. In but the shower, when no one, not even I can see. <laughs> and I do that in the shower too. My yeah. shower is my safe place. It's a yeah. water where it feels like we're washing. Exactly. The day away of, and not even I can see that them teeth are coming out, boo-boo. <laughs> no, that's right. So, yeah. you know, I'm beyond, uh, on behalf of everybody um, that is part of TikTok and part of your family, I would like to say thank you for creating such a beautiful space for everyone to be the whole, their wholesome selves, be all that they are. And you believe in them. And sometimes mm -hmm. people don't have anybody that can believe in them, but you do. And people feel that. They may not comment or say it to you, but... I hope you do know and you've done wonders for me myself so and so has a lot of people on the app yeah. you know Kels has made me open up and be better with my words mm -hmm. and stuff like that she's a beautiful advocate for yeah. her fibro um i've come across beautiful people yeah. and their personalities and the co different contrasts of everything beyond the banter chris and um Tofa. Tofa. Topa. <laughs> as well. Um, getting to know their stories as well, listening to their podcast um, is a beautiful thing and getting to know their story. Oh, your little camera died, Chris. Sorry, look at the background. Crikey. Really? Go back. Daddy. Um, <laughs> Daddy, excuse me. Um, it's beautiful. I am a big, big advocate for men's mental health. Sorry. I did lose my cousin to. Um, to suicide as well. He was only 30 years old. Um, mm -hmm. And if only there was someone, people out there like Chris and Topper, yeah. um, that he could listen to, talk to, yeah. approach. Um, maybe it could have been different. But, you know, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. um, it is life, it is learning experiences. We go Absolutely. through terrible things in our lives when we feel like we cannot escape or have anyone to talk to. This is why. I'm so blessed and humbled and honestly so incredibly proud of myself and the person that I am for someone like you to approach me that I'm good enough. I am good enough. Absolutely. I am. I must be a good person if you have approached me. You, like honestly, this. you were so, my first you. and only choice. I literally Absolutely. didn't, like, I love everyone that supports me and is friends with me and has helped me also on my mental health journey and especially on TikTok. Um, but yeah, and it's nothing again, like I love every single one of you guys, but genuinely, you know, as soon as Chris asked me, you know, to enter this journey and stuff, I'm pretty sure I'm the one that said to you, wasn't it, Chris? Mm. Yeah, I mentioned to him about having a co-host and I'm like, could you know Shack 5.0? <laughs> There's Chris. Yes. You know, and um, funnily enough, actually, Kofa had been in your lives before. Yes. Yeah, and yes. he's like, I actually know, I've been in their lives. And he's like, perfect. I, I hadn't heard of you. And he yes. has. Like, yeah, Kofa yeah, has. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, yeah, she's cool. So, you know, that just solidified the fact that, you know, I knew I'd made the right decision regardless, but that 
Kova, who obviously is co-founder of Beyond the Panther, um, along with Chris, um, that I made the right decision. And, you know, and I am so proud of you and yeah. I'm also so grateful for you and what you do and how much you make me smile. And Absolutely. you also have a beautiful face and zero judgment, no drama. And, you know, I always love seeing you when you're live and all my mods <laughs> and all my people always jump over. They do. And they when do. I'm live, they'll update me and let me know how you're doing, if you're not having a day or whatnot. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like it's such a beautiful little community and um, it can be a beautiful place. Absolutely. It has its toxic places, just like life. It yes, can be toxic. Definitely. People can be toxic people. But it's can. only what you make it, you know, Correct. you get the first. So roll on. So everyone on here, what is your official TikTok name? Mine is Shaq five, uh, underscore 5.0. That's it. So make sure if you do have TikTok, please go give Shaq a follow. She's an incredible human. And I thank you so much for one sharing. Appreciate it. This vulnerable, really, really vulnerable yes. side of you. Um, it's you a know. big step, but it's also a step in the letting, direction. letting me tattoo you. Yes, hey, upwards and onwards. It's, it's we will we will link um a better picture of it i guess yes. and i did put a little smiley face in the middle because Absolutely. it's a reminder you know as long as the sun is shining you can keep smiling so you know we um we've been very blessed to wake up every single day not True. not many have been given the same options you no. know or they've chosen different and i just want to say reiterate the importance if you are not okay please call lifeline on 13 11 14 please reach out to our ambassadors and crew at um, Beyond the Banter, which obviously we are involved. Like we are family all together, which is beauty Beyond the Banter of us, even though like you already know about whatever. But <laughs> please go to www.beyondthebanter.org. Um, and if we cannot help you, we will make sure that we give you links or numbers of people that can. So the first step starts with you and that's speaking up. You know, it's okay not to be okay. It's not weak to speak. And remember, if you're having a bad day, it's a bad day, not a bad life. Thank you so much. I've been your host, Jazz, and my co-host, Miss Shaq. Um, and we appreciate every single one of you for, again, listening and watching us. And we look forward to many more episodes. Much love. Hello, and welcome to Beauty Beyond the Banter podcast, hosted by Jazz. Here are some important numbers that you may need in future. If you're in immediate help, please stop and call triple O. Do you need someone to help and talk to right now? You can contact any of these following numbers. Lifeline, 13 11 14. Beyond Blue, 1300 4636. Or you can go to www.beyondblue.org.au. Suicide callback service is 1300 659 467. If you have a child that needs a friend to talk to, please contact Kids Helpline 1800 55 1800. Alternately, you can go to www.kidshelpline.com.au. Also, for them men out there, remember it's not weak to speak. The crisis number for men is Men's Line Australia. One three hundred seven eight nine nine seven eight. We would also like to pay respects to the regional custodians and owners of this land and pay respects to their past and present elders. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Thank you. And remember, it's a bad day, not a bad life.